the friendly ghost, the friendliest ghost you know. Hmm. Is that all you know? I don't feel comfortable doing any more of that. (laughs) (laughs) Not tonight. The stars can't do it. Not today. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where company loves misery. <laughs> I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 1995 children's Halloween classic, Casper. You said it. You called it a classic. I know I did. What did we talk about? This, <laughs> <laughs> this movie makes me feel things. It do- yeah. This, yeah. I, I'm honestly taken aback by how much this movie does make me feel, because it's just like... You think it's just a dumb comedy spooky movie from the 90s. No, this made me feel things like actual emotions. And the fact that that is a fact is fried. The first movie to ever have a computer generated character in the lead role. You're kidding. No. Well, that is quite a feat for film, isn't it? And it looks pretty good. Yeah, they do a really good job. Haunting season opens May 26th. Why do they release these movies so early? No, I get, you know what? I do get Hocus Pocus in July. I do get that. But Casper in May? Save it for spooky time. You know what I'm saying? There's a Halloween party in this movie for crying out loud. I mean, I guess. Starring Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. Bill Pullman. From Independence Day. President Whitmore. Yes. Um... Kathy Moriarty. Yes. <laughs> she was the parent in Kindergarten Cop. Who wanted who tra- to, yeah. I love making these connections. She was the one who wanted to bone Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, anyone else of Mary? Okay, Eric Idle. I know. Like, he sounds so unimpressed. He's a very renowned comedian across the pond. Because, you know, he is famous for his work on Monty Python. No, one of my favorite Eric Idle jokes ever was, American beer is a lot like making love in a canoe. It's fucking close to water. (laughs) That's great. That's accurate. That is a good joke. It grows $300 million off of a $55 million budget. I mean, hey, it is like very visually entertaining. They double profit and then some. And it's funny and it's, it makes you tear up a little bit. Yeah, it does. It does very much. Okay, shall we dive right into this? I'm feeling spooky. Are you feeling spooky? I'm feeling all right. (laughs) For 100 years, he has wandered the halls of Whipstaff Manor. Wow. Waiting for someone. There's a girl on my bed. Yes. Now, life at Whipstaff Manor will never be the same. Ghosts can't hurt you. Get bone bag! Don't come near me, you spiteful spook! We share haunting stories, we throw parties. The parties are always pretty dead, though. I feel like Oprah on hiatus. What the hell do you think you're doing? We have company. Well, company loves misery. So, take a break. Get a grave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dad. Oh, one and one for all. Take your pants before they fall. <laughs> you guys are disgusting, obnoxious creeps. Thank you. Universal Pictures and Evelyn Entertainment. Are we scary or what? Invite you on a wild, wondrous ride. Hurry up, come on. To the other side. Everything starts with friendship. Friendship Maine. Friendship Maine. 
We open on Whipstaff Manor. It's late at night, and a pair of middle school twerps are trying to prove how cool they are. You know how cool they are. How cool are they? Their names are Nikki and Andreas. (laughs) Oh, believe me. They're cool. They're breaking and entering at this abandoned mansion in their town. They have to take a picture with a Polaroid to prove they were there. Yeah. So they can show the kids at school the next day how big their balls are. They go through the front door. Like, they don't break a window no. or anything like that. They just walk right in. They go through the front door. Yeah. They did have to climb a gate to get in. I mean, yeah. But they're standing in the foyer of this huge house. Mm-hmm. Like, it's multiple stories high like ceiling. It, it is too big for anyone back in the time period Casper lived. <laughs> No one needed that size of a house unless you were a king. It looks all spooky the way the windows are like like rounded and oblong. It reminds me, you know what it reminds me? It reminds me of the house from The Haunting. Really? The 99 version of The Haunting. Yeah. It's just an it looks more of like a castle than it does a house. Oh yeah, that opening shot when that yeah. <laughs> that house is obviously not sitting there. You know what Whipstaff Manor looks like? It looks like the old house that's in the beginning of the Scooby-Doo theme. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When you see all the bats. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. I gotta be in the picture, too, and no one will believe I was here. Just shut up and take the picture. You take the picture. You take it. You. Here's the thing. It's a Polaroid camera. Take two pictures. Yeah. Why do you have to argue about who's gonna take the picture? Yeah. It's to distract, right? Yeah, because... (laughs) This disembodied voice takes the Polaroid out of their hands and like, wait, wait, guys, I'll take the picture. He's so excited. He is. (laughs) Guys, guys, don't fight. I'll take the picture. Say cheese. And he snaps the best picture of these boys screaming their heads Yeah, off. no, it's a very good photograph. Watch the movie. You'll die. <laughs> After some credits, we cut to the reading of a will. <laughs> and we meet Carrigan Crittenden, played by Kathy Moriarty. Uh, so, so flawless. She is sporting her bitchcraft look. Mm-hmm. Like that. She's very Fiona good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very American <laughs> Horror Story coven. But who's reading the will? Ben Stein. <laughs> I love every single Ben Stein film. If he's in it, I probably love it. To the Patagonian Wasp Salvation Fund, $1.4 million. To the Dyslexic Dalmatians Foundation. To hell with the livestock. What did the old stiff leave me? Her deceased father is giving money away to literally everyone except her. And I just love how she just puts her cigarette out on the table. Yeah, she doesn't give a fuck. It's not a single fuck. It's so dirty. I it's know. So, it's so, it's bad. She knew she could, so she did. <laughs> because she probably wasn't the warmest offspring, it shouldn't have surprised her when she was like, okay, what do you leave me? And he's like, oh, uh, a condemned piece of property. Yeah. Take that, Kerrigan. I love how Dibs is constantly trying to chime in, like, This is all your fault, as usual, if you would have just forged the damn will. You know, Carrigan, this is condemned seafront property. Dibs, don't you get it? Flipper got more money than me. Carrigan, the deed's in there. She throws that thing right in the fire. She's like, I don't want it. Dibs is trying to pull it out of the fire. Yeah. And he sees that this ink, like, appears on the back of the deed. It's a poem, is it not? It's a riddle, isn't it? No, it's a poem. Buccaneers and buried gold, whipstaff doth a treasure hold. (laughs) (laughs) He burns his hand pulling it out of there. Yeah. She hatches this scheme right there on the spot that she's going to go to this property and she's going to dig up, excavate whatever treasure is supposedly there. Mm -hmm. And she's going to get the millions that are coming to her. Yeah. That's her new plan. They go all the way to Friendship, Maine Mm -hmm. to check out this property. They get in there, and I just love how she's like, what a dump. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. It is a big, gorgeous house. Yeah. I don't know how you would ever take care of it. Yeah. But it's insanity. They're spooked by the same disembodied voice that those kids were spooked by. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you the caretaker? No. Is he a transient? Is he a... Are you a transient? No, not exactly. Well, then tell him to show himself. Show yourself. Here's the thing. 
I do, don't scream, okay? I get that a lot. <laughs> Casper goes, listen, I'll show myself if you promise not to scream. <laughs> <laughs> and that already gets me like, ah! <laughs> Casper comes sliding down the banister. Yeah. You shouldn't do that. Or you'll wake up. Too late. This nightmare tornado just starts to blow through the house. Yeah. It's his uncles. The ghostly trio. Stretch, Fatso, and Stinky. Stinky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They scare off Dibs and Kerrigan. And this is probably one of my favorite parts of the movie because this is just a series of scenes of them trying to get the ghostly trio out of the mansion. Yeah. First, they try to get an exorcist in there. You have Don Novello. Don Novello, who was famous for his work on Saturday Night Live. He was the voice of Vinny in Atlantis. He's like, oh, no, yeah, I can do this. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Piece of cake. <laughs> he goes in that house and he comes out and his head's on backwards. His head is on backwards. Well, how did it go? Oh, it wasn't fine. Was uh, no problem. Piece of cake. Carrigan and Dibs are not Nick Reddy. No, they're not. They are not adequately terrified. <laughs> and then Dan Aykroyd comes running out of the house. This in. In the Ghostbusters costume. And he's got this big, bushy mustache. That's too good. It's too good. It's too good. Who are you going to call? Someone else. What do we do now? What do I usually do when something stands in my way? She calls in a construction crew. Boom. Yeah. And you love this. Are you sure we're not going a tad overboard here? Dibs, I have huffed and puffed. Now I want to rip this place down. I want my treasure. They can't haunt a pile of rubble, for Christ's sake. The ghostly trio ends up scaring off the construction crew, too. Yeah. She can't get the ghosts out of there, so she can't search for this treasure. Yeah. So she... that's what the rest of this movie is going to be about. <laughs> She's pissed. Yeah. All right, guys, you have your plot shenanigans. Let's get to the meat. In the next scene, we're learning that Casper is a very lonely little ghost. Because he just lives in this abandoned house with his three ghost uncles and he has no friends. He's watching TV and My Stars and Garters. He flips to hard copy. Most of you probably don't know what hard copy was. I didn't. <laughs> I know I didn't. It was a news entertainment program on television. The main story tonight is about Dr. James Harvey. What does Dr. Harvey do for a living, Ross? Dr. Harvey. How would you put it? spirit psychologist he's a therapist he's, for ghosts he's a ghost therapist yeah you can call them ghosts if you like or as i prefer the living impaired but the bottom line is they need help sometimes just like the rest of us he became one after his wife died and now he drags his daughter around the nation working on cases that's really sad it is <laughs> Oh my god, when they stick the cameras in Cat's face. Yeah, when they're at Cat's school, Cat is his daughter, and she's just trying to have a good first day at school, and the cameras keep following her around, and she, I think as politely as she can, <laughs> turns to them and is like, How do you feel about what your father does for a living? Could you please not ask any questions? Do you believe in ghosts? Have you ever seen one? Does your father ever hurt you in any way? It's my father. Could you just talk to us? Look. It's the first day of school, and I'm sure I'm going to have homework, so please? Casper sees Cat, and he just swoons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and so Casper's so cute. I know. He's a cute ghost. He's just a little 12-year-old boy, mm -hmm. and he likes this pretty girl. Mm -hmm. So now he's got to figure out a way to bring her here. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's lucky her, her dad is a ghost psychiatrist. <laughs> Because he goes to the little Best Western or wherever it is that Kerrigan is staying. She probably is hating her life. She's verbally abusing the hotel staff when he comes into her room. And he manages to turn her television channel. Yeah. Just with ghost energy. With ghost energy. He flips it to the hard copy segment so that she'll see it. I think it's brilliant how he makes her think it's her idea. Yeah. And so Dr. James Harvey continues his work dragging his daughter along for the ride. This week, they're in Santa Fe, but next week, who knows? Now, from the ghost shrink to shrinking... Yes, pods, I'm still here. 
Get me Santa Fe. Cut to an awkward father-daughter road trip. <laughs> the station wagon. I know. It's, uh... <laughs> I love Bill Pullman in this movie. He is such a dorky dad. He is a dorky dad. And Kat is just so over it at this point. Yeah, I I, I honestly, I I feel for you, Kat. She is justified in her angst. Little Christina Ricci, she's such a baby. Yeah. I mean, in two years, I have been to nine different schools. I've eaten in nine different cafeterias. I I can't even remember anyone's name. For once... I would just like to be in one place long enough to make a friend. Honey, you will. And Dr. Harvey tells her that if she goes with him one last time, then that's going to be the end of the ghost hunting. (laughs) Or what does he say? Ghost mining? Ghost mining. (laughs) I love how this scene ends with him realizing he's gone in the literal opposite direction. Oh my God. When you see that he's going for Los Angeles and he just skirts in the middle of the street and starts going the other way. Can you imagine? Your map app hasn't corrected you. Yeah. Because there were no map apps. There were no map apps. How did I get anywhere without map apps? You had to look at maps. Very dangerous. Isn't that just so chaotic? All the people that learn to drive with maps in their lap. When they get to Whipstaff, Dibs and Kerrigan are waiting for them. And Kerrigan is laying down her expectations Mm -hmm. for how long this therapy thing is going to take. As with a traditional psychological cure, it can take weeks or even years. Excuse me. You didn't just say the word years, did you? It's conceivable. No, it isn't. Days is conceivable. Weeks, maybe. Possibly. Months, no. Years, forget it. I mean, it's the only way they're getting paid. Yeah. He just kind of has to take this woman's abuse and (laughs) try not to offer any false expectations. Yeah. I love that wherever they go, they, like, get to live there, sort of. Yeah. Like, yeah, that the lack of stability would suck as a teenager, but think of all the places you'd get to see. Yeah, but what if he's been somewhere, like, really demonic? And what if he's put that poor girl through some shit? That's a whole nother movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's an alternate timeline movie. Oh, my goodness. Kat picks out her room, and of course she's picked out Casper's room. Yeah, she's picked out Casper's room. And Casper is beside himself. Dad, I found my room. There's a girl on my bed. Yes. Dr. Harvey brings up like a box of her stuff and he's telling her goodnight and that they're going to have a great time here. I love how he calls her Bucket. Like that's his little pet name for her. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He might be my favorite thing about this movie. Yeah, I mean, I... Just his big dad energy. Uh-huh. And, and he's such a bumbling dork. And you know, he did this before President Whitmore in Independence Day. Yeah. A really young, precious time. <laughs> Who went to see this movie and went, I want that guy. <laughs> Dr. Harvey says goodnight. And, like, Cat starts, like, pulling her clothes out of the trash bag she keeps them in. Yeah. She's going through her stuff. And Casper's, like, trying to work up the nerve to make his presence known. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she tosses a wadded up sock over her shoulder and hits him in the open mouth. Mm -hmm. He spits it back out on her. Yeah. And she turns around like, what? (laughs) I love the look on her face. She faints. (laughs) She faints immediately. She comes to and sees him and starts screaming. Honey, honey, what? Then I saw a ghost. It was a real ghost. It was real Slow black down. ghost. What are you saying? I saw a ghost. And it had a head and it was round and it was white and see-through. And... Honey, no, maybe... Dad, please, do not think I'm as crazy as I thought you were. I promise. He starts doing what a lot of dads would do and starts checking under the bed. Yeah. And starts opening doors. You are a paranormal therapist. <laughs> Why are you why are you being a denying person right now? You are also aware that she's like 14 years old and not 5. Yeah. Like come on. He finally opens that closet door and there's Casper. Yeah. And the the look on his face. The way his face just devolves into terror is <laughs> 
picks Cat up, puts her over his shoulder, and starts running through the house. He's running down hallways with her on his shoulder, and she's like, put me down! <laughs> yeah, he, like, throws her in a closet and, yeah. like, locks them both inside. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, stay here, no matter what you hear, do not open this door. And she's like, uh, okay, I'm really sorry that I thought you were a quack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, honey... Apologize later. Yeah. Slam the door <laughs> in her face. While they were in the closet, the uncles have returned the, home. The uncles have come home. <laughs> they were at the track. <laughs> yeah. Like the derby. What the hell? Man, oh man, them ponies run faster when we go down to Belmont. Here, Flicker. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys! At oh look, it's Casper! You know, on a scale of one to ten, ten being fun and one being you. Yeah, we had fun. <laughs> Stretch is kind of the leader. He's the tallest. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. He's the most obnoxious. Mm-hmm. That's oh, he's just here to be Brad Garrett. Mm-hmm. And stinky, stinky, smelly. Yeah. It's very straightforward. It's a very Ed Ed Netty. Yeah. Three Stooges type of deal. Yeah. (laughs) And they treat Casper terribly. They do. He's basically their, like, little slave. Mm -hmm. They just, like, shoot him into the air like a rubber band. Yeah, they do. They do. So Casper's gone. And the uncles smell humans. Mm Mm-hmm. We cut to Dr. Harvey walking down a hallway, like, looking for the ghosts. Yeah. The uncles jump out and scare him to death. And then they literally possess him. That's right, don't they? Yeah. This is where we get all the random cameos. <laughs> yes. Because Dr. Harvey looks in the mirror and he just starts morphing into different famous people. Clint Eastwood. Rodney Dangerfield. Mel Gibson. And the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It is a great little sequence. So they just start terrorizing Dr. Harvey. Mm-hmm. We talked about the carpet thing. The uncles start chasing Dr. Harvey through the house. Mm. And we come to one of your least favorite things. There's this carpet, this long carpet all the way down the hallway. And there is something coming at him, rolling under the carpet. It's getting closer and closer. And it sounds like a goddamn train. (laughs) It's spooky. And he's just like standing there and he's like, uh, uh, uh. And I'm like, move, (laughs) move, you bastard. Eventually, Dr. Harvey is able to arm himself with a plunger. Yes. And then just starts fencing the uncles. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, one and one for all. Fence your pants before they fall. <laughs> On the runway now, we have Dr. James Harvey wearing smashing underwear. Marky, Marky's not. Yeah. <laughs> all for one and one for all. Get your pants before they fall. <laughs> They're such assholes. They cut his belt and his pants fall down. Yeah. Dr. Harvey manages to commandeer a vacuum cleaner <laughs> and, like, sucks all of the ghostly trio inside of it. Yes. Oh, God. Fuck the Ghostbusters. <laughs> Vacuums work just fine. Get that phantasm out of your carpet. This next scene is where Kat and Casper kind of start to bond mm-hmm. because she, he, it's she's cute. It is. She's walking around the house the next morning, like looking around every corner mm-hmm. for some bullshit. Morning. Oh, no, no. Please don't scream. I, I promise I won't hurt you. I'm a ghost. Yes, I admit it, but, but I'm a friendly ghost. You have to trust me. If you scream, you'll wake up my uncles and they get awfully cranky. I'm going to let you go now, Okay. He just starts making her breakfast. And it's very it's a very cool sequence to watch. Because it's a little like Rube Goldberg machine or however you say it. Yeah, it's like this like old contraption. You're finding a lot of contraptions around this house. Yeah. We're learning a lot about what it's like to be a ghost. Yeah. She's like, what are you made of? And he's like, you know that tingling feeling when your foot falls asleep? <laughs> I think I'm made of that. Yeah, that's <laughs> That's just, it's great writing. <laughs> He's so desperate to make a friend. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet the way they're just like kind of interviewing each other yeah. about their lives. She's like, well, you're a fucking ghost. Yeah. And he's like, well, you're cute. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done this before. Me neither. Can you hurt me? No. Can I hurt you? No. 
And then there's that really famous moment where she tries to touch his hand. Uh Uh-huh, and just goes through. It's strangely intimate. Cool. Uh Uh-oh, Dad's here. Mm. (laughs) Dr. Harvey comes stumbling in. I'm sure he had a rough night's sleep. Yeah, (laughs) I'd say so. And he's like really weary of Casper. <laughs> but how could you how could you not relax? Casper's so adorable. Uh-huh. He's just like, uh, you want a paper? I can go to Hong Kong and get you a paper. <laughs> yeah, he's like, You want the Wall Street Journal? I'll get you whatever you want. Everything is fine until the uncles show up singing Flight of the Valkyries for breakfast. <laughs> terrifying the Harveys under the table. And Casper has to feed them plates of what I don't really want to know. Is it like ice cream? It's a bunch of junk mixed together. Gross. It's candy and ice cream. It looks like marshmallow fluff, most of it. And you're just like, ah. And it's getting all over the floor. Yeah, they just start shoveling it into their mouths, Skeksis style. And then after being served all of this food in a very rude fashion... They decide to talk shit about him (laughs) while he's underneath the table, sweeping up the horde of mess they're making. Hey, what the hell do you think you're doing, Bulbhead? This floor used to be dirty enough to eat off of. But we have company. Oh, yeah? Well, company loves misery. Boom! (laughs) You guys are disgusting, obnoxious creeps. Thank you. I mean, what's your problem? You're just cleaning the floor. I love how Kat's just like, what the hell is your problem? Yeah. (laughs) Dr. Harvey makes her go to school, and he's going to spend his day trying to get these obstinate dead jerks to talk about why they haven't crossed over. Ooh, this is where the plot divides. Yeah, because that's Dr. Harvey's explanation for why ghosts haunt us, because they haven't crossed over into the afterlife yet, Mm -hmm. because they have unfinished business, and it's his task to try and get them to expose their unfinished business. This film really did expose, for me, a lot of the understandings of the paranormal. Yeah. Just because I watched this movie over and over again as a kid. And, like, that's where that, that... That has always stuck with me. That idea of unfinished business. Yeah. Like, why... Why, why do would you a, stay behind? Why would somebody elect to stay behind? Yeah. And not move on? This is the 10th school that Kat has been to this year. And guess what? They're all assholes again. (laughs) I just love how the first order of business on this first day of school is where are we going to have the Halloween party? Yeah. Like, this priority numero uno. They have an actual Regina George in their class. Yes. (laughs) This blonde meanie Mm -hmm. who just stands up and is like, my parents are loaded. We should have the party at my house. Amber. <laughs> is that her name? Yeah. I just been, I kept writing Regina George in my notes. He, Amber. And she's really into this guy, Vic. Oh, God. Yeah. Vic. Vic. After they get that little piece of business out of the way, the teacher makes her stand up and explain that she's new. I hate it when teachers do that. Just leave me alone. <laughs> and like, she tell, she gets up in front of everybody and tells them that she lives in Whipstaff and they all go slack jawed. You actually live there? (laughs) They're scandalized. Yeah. Because this place is infamous in their town. Mm -hmm. Like, remember the bit at the beginning? Like, those boys were going to develop street cred from breaking and entering into Whipstaff. That's true. Mr. Curtis, check this. We're dead for the Halloween dance, right? This girl has a seriously, seriously creepy house with room to spare. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought we were having the party at my place. Okay, we'll take a vote. Whoever wants to party at my house, raise your hand. Whipstaff? Yeah! But everybody wants to have it at Whipstaff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Whipstaff wins. It's an actual haunted place. Like, come on. Meanwhile, in the therapy session, we're shooting skeet with Dr. Harvey's degrees. <laughs> Leave his nice papers alone. He paid money for those nice papers. Johns Hopkins University. Very impressive. Very. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ow! They almost shoot a picture of his wife! Amelia. This scene's a little cruel, I think. Because th- he has to explain who Amelia is. Mm-hmm. And, like, the ghostly trio gives Dr. Harvey the impression that they've met Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, she's a nice gal. Yeah. And he buys it. I can't believe it. Lock, stock, and barrel. Hook, line, and sinker. Like, I hate them. I know. They're so mean. You wouldn't have a way of contacting others like yourselves, would you? I don't know. Maybe we could work something out. You keep that ghoul Crittenden off our backs, and I'd say we got a deal. Deal. Fatso, you know where Amelia floats. Go. Within 10 seconds, there's a knock on those double doors. Yeah, and it's a very ethereal scene. It's so funny. There's like white light coming between the cracks and like all of this dry ice is coming through the cracks. Dr. Harvey walks up to these doors. Powerful moment. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of like touched by an angel music playing in the background. Opens up those doors. Fatso in drag. My man! (laughs) (laughs) My man! (laughs) Also, meanwhile, Regina George and her boyfriend, Vic, Vic, Amber and Vic have hatched a little plan because new girl stole her thunder. Yeah. So now... Now they're going to prank Kat at the Halloween party. Vic fake pretends to be into her so that she'll go to the dance with him. And so, yeah, at her house. Yeah, this is weird. Vic was almost unnecessary in this <laughs> equation. Later that night, Casper is bugging Kat to let him go to this dance. Uh-huh. I want to come and hang out. And she's just like, dude, you're a fucking ghost. <laughs> Like, I I couldn't imagine moving around the country all the time, never being anywhere long enough to make a friend, and then, like, you have this huge opportunity to make lots of friends. And I can understand how she wouldn't want a ghost at her school Halloween party. Mm -hmm. And they're just, like, laying down, talking about life. Mm -hmm. Casper can't remember anything about when he was alive. Isn't that so sad? It is. Isn't that just, doesn't that wreck you? To have not lived very long at all. He's only 12. Yeah. He's not lived very long at all, and he can't even remember any of it. Yeah. You know, it's really sad. And, like, Cat, Cat's breaking my heart. I wonder why you don't remember anything. Hmm. I guess because when you're a ghost, life doesn't matter that much anymore. So you forget. Sometimes I worry that I'm starting to forget. Forget what? My mom? Yeah. Ooh, that'll get you. Oh, it just is punching me in the gut. Mm-hmm. Just because then she starts giving this really beautiful explanation of her memories of her mother, making breakfast and hugging her, mm-hmm. and I'm a mess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is upsetting. And then. <laughs> You think this is, like, the cutest line in the movie. Cat? Mm-hmm? If I were alive, would you go to the Halloween dance with me? Mm-hmm. Cat? Mm-hmm. Can I keep you? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that just melt your little heart? That's, That's like, so pure. It is! Ah. Uh. It's, like, the really, really of this movie for me. Really? Really, really. It's just a very heartwarming moment with that gorgeous piano theme playing in the background. Yeah. Yep. I do love the piano. Doesn't that just tickle your heart a little bit? Yeah. It's like I've got I've got a hot full of strings and they're all being plucked. Meanwhile, at the therapy session, Dr. Harvey is just not engaging with the ghostly trio today. No. He's just, every time they try to bait him, he just ignores them. Yeah. Boys, this is serious. I think the doc is having one of them fleshy breakdowns. Time for drastic measures. You think we should break into a song? No! 
I think it's time we gave the doc our own prescription. But what about the party? The party will have to wait. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Gentlemen, happy hour. Happy hour. All while this is happening, Kerrigan and Dibs are watching through the window. Yeah, they can't leave it alone. They they just can't. They're like, is he doing what he said he would? Yeah. So the ghostly trio, they just carry him away. Yeah. Into town. 99 bottles of beer on the wall. 99 bottles of beer. And then what do Carrigan and Dibs do? They decide they're going to go looking through the house. God damn it. Because now the ghosts are out of the house. I mean, it's technically her house. Uh, yeah, but now the ghostly trio is not there to disturb their search. This is true. So while Kat's exploring the house, she manages to find the attic where a bunch of Casper's stuff has been stored. Mm-hmm. Stuff he had when he was alive, like his toys. And you know how parents sometimes do those little clay handprints? Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. And she just must have had a hell of an afternoon yeah. unboxing all of this stuff mm-hmm. and putting it together as, like, a little surprise for him. Yeah! Look familiar? This is... This is... And... Because I imagine that she must feel horrible for him mm-hmm. because she can remember her mother and he can't remember either of his parents. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like this is her way of trying to help him remember. He is gobsmacked. Yeah. He's so Hootie. Yeah. That's my favorite when the little toy train's going around. Hootie. Hootie. <laughs> He's so excited. Yeah, and he's beginning to remember some things. I had five fingers. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah, because he's only got four. That's a great Three joke. and a thumb. Yeah. I, I will never forget, inside the actor's studio, The Simpsons, why do animators only put four fingers on characters? And somebody was like, it saves time. Yeah, and money. Yeah, you'd never think, but they do. While he's remembering all of these things, he goes and finds this trunk in the attic. Mm -hmm. It's got some of his mother's things inside, including this gorgeous lace dress. Mm -hmm. Very early 20th century aristocrat sort of thing. Mm -hmm. He gives it to Kat so she has something nice to wear on her date. Yeah, You gave me all this. I'm going to give you my mom's dress to wear. We're friends now. We're going to have soft tacos later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The mood just keeps going down because Casper is starting to remember how he died. This this movie gets awfully heavy. It takes you up and down. Yeah. He finds the sled. I begged and begged my dad to get me this sled. He acted like I couldn't even have it because I didn't know how to ride it. And then one morning I... I came down for breakfast, and there it was, just for me, for no reason at all. I took it out, went sledding all day, and my dad said that's enough, but I couldn't stop. I was having so much fun. Got late, got dark, got cold, and I got sick. My dad got sad. Oh, I'm fucked up. Yeah. Like, I'm going to cry. No, please no. don't cry. He goes sledding all day. He gets pneumonia. He gets pneumonia. And, I mean, hey, back then, you died from pneumonia. Yeah. We start to get in some super deep concepts. Yeah. Because Kat's just like... What's it like to die? Like being born. Only backwards. I remember, I didn't go where I was supposed to go. I just stayed behind so my dad wouldn't be lonely. I mean, especially as a kid, this film really helps you process for some reason. Yeah, like, it's just, it's weirdly calming. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not scared about it. We also find out in a random newspaper in the attic that his (gasps) dad... Sorry, I know I'm bugging out over here, but I always forget about the Lazarus. McFadden claimed that he was haunted by the ghost of his dead son. 
And that he invented a machine to bring him back to life. The Lazarus. It's so crazy. The Lazarus. Yeah, because Casper, like, seems to remember it all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Which kind of explains why he hasn't tried to use the Lazarus before. Yeah, because he forgot it existed. I just love how old man McFadden became the town kook. Yeah. He's achieved a miracle in his laboratory, Mm -hmm. and everyone thinks he's insane. He's taking her to see this machine, and Dibs and Kerrigan are, like, tailing them. Yeah. They think that he's taking her to the treasure. He puts her in this chair in the library. This whole sequence is so fried. And it starts moving. Yeah. Like an amusement park ride car. (laughs) I wanted this to be an amusement park ride when I was a kid. Like one of those haunted house rides. Yeah. And, like, it (laughs) drops her down a staircase. She keeps getting terrified, but, wow, she's asking for it. (laughs) She's just like, Casper! Casper! Screaming as that chair spirals into the ground. So we're underground. It literally does look like a haunted house down there. But it's just an up and atom machine. Mm -hmm. It's just the up and atom machine. This contraption was meant to get Mr. McFadden ready in the morning. It's got, like, combs to straighten his hair. Mm -hmm. You're just going through this underground tunnel. It's brushing his teeth for him, putting a nice new bow tie on. Squirting, like, shave cream on his face. Too much shaving cream. Yeah. Also, Kat manages to avoid avoid all of it. Yeah, good on her. Yeah. Casper's dad had an actual Frankenstein lab yeah. in the basement of this mansion. This is this is the hokiest shit. <laughs> Casper's showing her around. We're learning based on subtext that this deed that had this mysterious pirate writing on it, mm-hmm. Whipstaff doth the treasure hold. Mm-hmm. We're learning it was it was basically just a plaything that Casper and his dad used when they played pirates together. Mm-hmm. Invisible ink is a thing. I don't remember what it is or how you... Urine. Oh, it was urine. gross. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Kerrigan and Dibs still think they're talking about actual monetary assets. Mm-hmm. They're so dumb. <laughs> they are. They're the dumbest cons I've ever met. They do see him point out the vault, though, mm-hmm. where the treasure is supposedly hidden. Apparently. So where's this Lazarus thing? You're looking at it. Down there? <laughs> That's useful. I know there's a way to get it going. I just can't. What about that? That? Nah. <laughs> That's the vault. Kat is picking around on the desk, and she finds a volume of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah, isn't that funny? It's so funny. <laughs> My God. She opens that up, and there's just a big button inside. And she's like, well, hits that button, and a lot of shit starts happening. (laughs) Lots of shaking, lots of rumbling. It almost looks like a submarine in some ways. Yeah. With the big heavy doors and the actual seaweed that's on top. Yeah. It's very Goonie vibes. Yeah, very. (laughs) Very Goonies vibes. Casper grabs this bottle of red fluid that is supposedly, like, life juice. I think he calls it... A primordial soup mix? It's probably just Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> Prior- primordial soup mix? That's primordial soup Primordial mix. soup mix. That's a great word, primordial. Yeah, that's an SAT vocab word, I'm pretty sure. And he puts it in that machine. Casper, I'm gonna be alive. Gonna be alive. <laughs> He's so jazzed. Yeah. He can't believe it. He gets in that machine. And she cats on the outside because she has to throw the switch. Yeah. And she's like, oh man, I couldn't even get my easy bake oven, oven to work. work. <laughs> she manages to fire it up though. In all the commotion, Cat doesn't notice that Kerrigan removes the vial from the machine. Reaches claw over, <laughs> takes primordial soup mix out of machine. Cat opens that machine to see if it's worked. <laughs> and Casper has turned into a fried egg. A sunny up egg. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, am I alive? And like one of his eyes starts running. Just dripping. <laughs> so Kerrigan's got this life juice now, right? Mm-hmm. She's got the soup mix. <laughs> Her new plan is 
to become a ghost and fly through the vault walls so they can get inside. That's her new plan, Ross. Or Dibs could. Oh no, you're right. Correction. She wants Dibs to become a ghost. Like, she, she hatches this plan. Hell, you could even fly through walls. Thick walls. Thick as steel. Certainly could get to whatever's behind those walls. Like a, a, a treasure, for example? And snap, crackle, pop you back alive and on your way to the Riviera. <laughs> if you were a ghost. If you were. Sherrigan proceeds to try to kill Dibs. She's grabbed a giant axe from these suits of armor. <laughs> she's chasing him through the mansion. She's like, damn it, Dibs. This won't hurt a bit. <laughs> Stop being a weenie. It's just business. Come on. <laughs> In order to deter her, he's like smeared some brown stuff on the floor. It looks like chocolate. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. I really don't. But she slips on that stuff and literally falls out a window. Yeah. <laughs> she's that, not, that doesn't face her. She's not down for the count. She's not dead yet. She gets in the car and starts chasing him through the grounds. She tries to pin him into a tree at in the, the woods. At like the edge of this cliff. Yeah. And she crashes the car. Oh my god! I sometimes I sometimes when I watch this, I still can't believe it happened because this is the funniest part of the movie for me. <laughs> it's because. We see her crashed. The car is hanging halfway off the cliff, but it's on this branch that's coming off the cliff, right? And <laughs> she is struggling to get the airbag off of her. She opens that door, steps out of the car, and goes right down the side of the cliff. <laughs> she just screams all the way down. <laughs> Dibs walks up to the cliff and he goes, what a tragic waste. She had my favorite sunglasses. <laughs> I wouldn't be sad to see her go either. And then, oh my God. From behind him in the moonlight, we see this gigantic shadow appear. And what does she say? Not so fast, little man. The bitch is back. Had to censor that on ABC Family. Yeah. <laughs> it just cuts to him going, Oh, this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Oh my God. <laughs> we cut to the ghostly trio's Boys' Night Out with Dr. Harvey. Warren Crew Party at the County Jail. Chris Babson, they began to win. And the way Hawks they're in this bar that they've obviously trashed. Yeah. They appear to be the only people in there. Mm -hmm. And they're singing Elvis karaoke. <laughs> they are. <laughs> and they're having quite a time. Dr. Harvey is lit. Dr. Harvey has had way too much trough juice. Like, <laughs> he's spooky drunk. Like, oh my God. And singing Elvis tunes. Yeah. I can't get over it. He's the cutest. Like, he is. <laughs> and the ghostly trio is sitting at a table drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> These are the most resilient spirits in the history of time. And they're like, he's having such a great time. Boy, is it a shame that he has to live the rest of his miserable life. So? They decide in that moment... They're going to do him a favor. And murder him. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to kill him so that he can be a ghost too. But before they can do it, he stumbles up to them and he's like, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. He gets like you when we're at a party. <laughs> and you just start coming up to people and you're telling them, I love you guys so much. I'm an emotional drunk. I okay. love you though. You're so sweet. I get really fun and then really sappy. <laughs> He butters them up so much that they just can't bring themselves yeah, to kill him. Like... <laughs> what a sweetheart. I can't croak him now. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. No way. <laughs> and then when they're like crying, it's like this wide shot. There's another guy in the bar. Yeah. Crying in his beer. Uh-huh. Who is that 
guy. He's not noticing anything. Hello? There's ghosts here. Sir, maybe you should have a piece of bread and sober up a little bit. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah. But, you know, they don't kill him. Yeah. He kills himself. On accident. On accident. He, like, stumbles out the front door into a construction site. And down a hole. They at least have the common decency to not show it. He just, like, disappears yeah, behind Yeah, the door's him. shut just in time for him to fall into that manhole. So that's a kind of weird place to leave that scene. Yeah. Is he dead? We don't know. Well, I guess I already said it, but you don't know yet, if you're watching. Kerrigan arrives in the lab to get the treasure from the vault. She a ghost. Yeah, because she, her plan has worked. She's a good-looking ghost, too. What a strange thing to say. Sorry. <laughs> She's a CGI animated ghost. She's a fine little ghost. <laughs> Anyway, and so she just flies in that vault. She unlocks, I don't know how she undoes it from the inside, but she opens that up and she's got the little treasure chest. There it is. Yeah. It's a treasure. Come to mama. <laughs> my treasure. You mean my treasure. Miss Crittenden? In the flesh. Well, in a couple of minutes. <laughs> Dibs also arrives via the up and atom machine. I need an up and atom machine. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> I do. And what is he holding in his hand, Ross? He's got the, uh, he's got the primordial soup mix. <laughs> he's got the vial full of Kool-Aid that's going to turn ghosts into humans. I want to feel solid again. Give yeah. me some Kool-Aid. <laughs> Casper manages to take it from him, and he and Kat, like, escape. Mm -hmm. Just in time for the doorbell upstairs to ring, her entire class is standing on her front porch. Oh, yeah. It's time for the Halloween party. Yeah. Oh, no! We're kind of in the middle of something here. She opens the door, and she's like, all right, come on in. You're not in any danger. Yeah. <laughs> and then just leaves. <laughs> She's like, get started without me. They're all just standing there. Everybody's like a little afraid, I think. Yeah, they're really creeped out to be in this house. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't help when you can hear Kerrigan cackling from the yeah. rotunda. Yeah. They run back down to the lab, interrupting Dibs, who's trying to pry the treasure chest open with a crowbar. Mm -hmm. Kerrigan is trying to force Dibs to give her this life Kool-Aid. And Dibs is not having it. Mm -hmm. Frankly, I don't blame him. She did try to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> and he is just reading her the riot act. Yeah. And you know how she reacts? She launches him through a window. That's true. It's insane. Because, again, the physics of these ghosts. Yeah. They can be translucent, but they can also throw human beings through windows. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on, writers. Where's the law? And here's where Kat and Casper are heroes. Because now, Kerrigan has everything she wants. But aren't you forgetting something? What? Your unfinished business. My what? You know, unfinished business. All ghosts have unfinished business. That's why they don't cross over. Unfinished business? I have no unfinished business. I have my treasure, my mansion. I have everything. So what happens, Ross? She is a spirit who has accepted her fate. Yes. She's finally accepted death out loud. So basically, like Tom Riddle at the end of Chamber of Secrets, <laughs> these little beams of light begin to emit from her. It's like she's cracking like a vase. <laughs> I'm just perfect. <laughs> wait, wait, I lied. I have lots of unfinished business. I, I'm not ready to cross over yet. Wait, you tricked me, you rotten little rat! So Kerrigan is gone, and this is the beginning of the movie ending like three different times, because things are starting to wrap up. Yeah, I guess it does kind of end three different times. Yeah, because Kerrigan's gone, and now it's time for Casper to become human again. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get in the machine, and who appears? Ghost Dr. Harvey. Oh my god. Ghost Harvey. They arrive home and Dr. Harvey is a ghost. And It's unreal. It is. This scene is so macabre. Yeah. Because like the ghosts are all goofy. It's funny. They're yeah. cartoons. And Kat is beside herself. Dad? Yeah. Hey! Who's the girl? Dad, it's me. It's Kat. 
cat. Cat? Cat blue! Catatonic? Catastrophic? Greplock soup? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Harvey doesn't know who she is. Oh, it it breaks my heart. Yeah. He's already forgotten about her. Mm-hmm. Remember when they were in the car and he was like, I promise we're not going to move around after this. And they locked pinkies. Uh-huh. She has to lock pinkies with him to get him to recognize her. Yeah. Suddenly he like gets it. Mm-hmm. And he's upset now. Yeah. He's like, oh, wow. I'm fucking dead. <laughs> I can't take care of her anymore. Yeah. Casper uses the last of this Kool-Aid to bring <laughs> her father back to life. Today, Kool-Aid's going to save lives. <laughs> yeah, he does it for Cat. He loves Cat. That is just so selfless. Yeah. We're literally talking about the wall between life and death. And he gives that up for her. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. He gets into that machine and comes back out, and he's Bill Pullman again. He's Dr. Harvey. He's a little wobbly, but he's okay. Mm -hmm. And now, now we've got to go to an eighth grade dance. Remember eighth grade dances? Yes. Anxiety. I do do remember those eighth grade dances. Oh, and guess which assholes we forgot about? (laughs) Regina George and Vic. Amber and Vic. (laughs) Amber and Vic. In the weakest way possible, plan on pranking everybody. Yeah, I really don't understand what their logic is here. They put on a long sheet, and she looks real dead, and he just she just kind of sits on his shoulders, so she looks real tall. They're going to be a really tall, scary thing? Yeah. Like, like what is the angle here? That's I what I'm confused about. I don't know. How is that going to make Cat look bad? I don't know. Oh my. Oh, you got to see this. People are going to freak. Let me see. Cool. Thank you. (laughs) Vic is running out of the house with Amber on his shoulders. Yeah. They just run screaming through the middle of the party. Mm -hmm. And she gets clotheslined. Yes. By that string of lights. I laugh every (laughs) single time. Just that noise she makes, the Casper's in his room, sulking. Mm -hmm. Also a very powerful scene. Yeah, like, this movie just keeps punching you in the gut here at the end. Mm -hmm. Because who appears, Ross? He is visited by not the ghost, but the angel of Amelia Harvey. Cat's mom. Of Cat's mom. She looks so fabulous. Yeah, she does look good. She looks er fabulous she looks good er fabulous i just mean she's like really she's good looking enough to be on daytime soaps that's what i mean she's so lovely and the light and the music she's an angel she's an angel Mm -hmm. that beautiful red gown Mm -hmm. oh i love that look Mm -hmm. that was a very noble thing you did tonight casper i know cat will never forget it she needs her father And I know yours will never forget it either. You fulfilled his greatest dream, Casper. And I know he is very, very proud of you. She grants him a Cinderella deal, where he gets to be human for a little while as a reward for giving Kat her father back. Mm -hmm. Cut to a very 90s middle school dance, complete with disco ball. My God. (laughs) Everyone is doing that slow dancing thing where they just sway back and forth. This really cheesy 90s power ballad is Mm -hmm. playing. Everybody's dancing except Kat, who's just sitting in a chair. Yeah, very wallflower. (laughs) But then, someone new appears and asks Kat to dance. Cutie, too. Yeah, he's got that floppy 90s boy hair. Mm -hmm. It was so popular. It was such a popular look. It's hilarious Mm -hmm. because it's all about the boy band look, man. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is watching Cat dance with this boy. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's like transfixed, and Cat doesn't know it's Casper. Yeah, she doesn't even ask him what his name is. Mm-hmm. I love how Harvey's watching them dance, and like he's just being like a dad, like mm. yeah. <laughs> 
And Amelia appears to him too. Does this scene just... It just jerks. It, it jerks. It punches you in the heart bone. Yeah, it gets you right there. Because, you know, we haven't really been discussing it, but there's lots of Dr. Harvey, like, kind of bumbling as a father, like, not really knowing what to say to her, to reassure her. And I just love how Amelia is here to tell him, you're doing just fine, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Where I can watch over both of you until we're together again. Goodbye, James. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. It's such a beautiful scene. I'll just say this now as opposed to waiting until the end, but this movie helped me become comfortable with the concept of death. Yeah, 100%. Like, 100%. Making you feel calm about it? Yeah, I did not feel at all... You don't feel upset about it as you're going along. We're talking about dead children here, but somehow we're not as sad or as uncomfortable as we might normally be. Mm -hmm. The very simple explanations about death, just the good feelings and emotions, you just... You come to accept it as a part of life. Is this like a need-to-leave-the-ball-before-midnight type of deal? Yeah, he's only got until 10. Yeah, that's right. He was mad. He was like, hey, Cinderella got until midnight. Yeah. She finally realizes that it's him, and she gives him a kiss. Mm. It's so sweet. He got a kiss as a human. His first kiss. Right as the clock is striking 10. Then she ends up making out with a ghost. (laughs) In front of her entire class. And everyone begins to notice. Oh, hey! There's a ghost. (laughs) There's a ghost in the middle of the dance floor. Did you see that? I didn't see that earlier. Did you see the ghost earlier? Uh, Boo? stampede out of there like it's pandemonium (laughs) and this is what takes us out not bad for my first party huh couldn't have been better it ain't over yet boys Dibs is okay. Dibs? No, here's the thing. (laughs) I have lots of follow-up questions about this narrative. Number one, is there going to be a death investigation into the disappearance of of Dibs and Kerrigan? Like, yeah. Her car's crashed somewhere on the property. Yeah, they got to get rid of that. (laughs) (laughs) She legally owns the house. How are they just going to live in it now? Yeah. (laughs) She... I never think about the follow-up questions. She yeeted him through a low window. Is he dead? We don't see him again. Is his lifeless body somewhere on the whipstaff grounds? Don't think about it too much. Don't think about it too much. We're singing. Casper the friendly ghost. Friendliest ghost you know. There's two dead bodies. It's fine. It's spooky. It's all good. They deserved it, right? I I think you pretty much said what this film means to me. I mean, it pretty much means the same thing to me that it means to you. It made you very comfortable with the concept of death? Yes, from a very young age. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, that's Casper. That's Casper. Nice little family-friendly, spooky time, but very cathartic. A very cathartic film. Very emotional. You may very well be laughing and turning us off right now, but... (laughs) Listen to these guys. They're out here calling Casper the Friendly Ghost cathartic. (laughs) Who do they think they are?
Well, buddy, we've got one more spooky show. We do have one more spooky show, don't we? Yep. Yeah. And you're gonna hate me. Carrie. <laughs> the original found footage film, The Blair Witch Project. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Hope you get spooked. You're already mad. That movie makes me want to tear my hair out more than it makes me want to scream. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm we're looking... gonna get. I made you do Silent Hill, which was a chore. Oh, you, you it, better believe it. It was a chore, no doubt. We had some technical difficulties. Yeah, sorry to those of you who experienced the Silent Hill technical difficulties. But that's no matter. The Blair Witch Project, huh? Yep. All right. <laughs> Don't forget to go on that Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Good or bad. Good or bad. Tear us apart. Gas us up. Either way, we want to know what you think. Head over to Twitter and follow us at Kick and Stream. That's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Remember a couple weeks ago when you were like, kick the map in the stream? <gasps> hey, we're back around full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week to kick the map in the stream. More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry mom. mom.